It's time to unmute menopause. Hello, and welcome to a brand new season of Menopause Unmuted. Menopause Unmuted is for anyone experiencing menopause or for anyone who just wants to understand it better. A little knowledge and understanding can really improve our relationships, whether that's with family, friends, or even with ourselves. Menopause is a time of huge change. Some of that is, of course, challenging, but it also creates opportunities for new directions, positive evaluation, and perhaps even a whole new approach to health and wellness in midlife. However menopause has touched your life, sharing experiences and stories can help to remind us that we're not alone. I'm your host, Mary Jane Minkin. I'm an OBGYN and clinical professor at Yale University School of Medicine, and it's been such an honor to share the stories of the fabulous women from our previous three seasons. If you're a new listener, welcome. I'm so proud of the stories we've got for this season, but we also have a fantastic range of life experience and information in our earlier episodes. You can hear women talk about grappling with self-image and anxiety, reflecting on aging, how midlife can be a period of confidence and creativity. And in our bonus episodes, I discuss topics such as sex and strength training with a range of leading experts. Just subscribe and scroll back through this feed to find out more. So let's meet our first guest for season four. Deanna, like so many women, took a while to figure out where she was in her menopause journey. But she is one of life's problem solvers, and I just love her positive attitude. Let's unmute Deanna's menopause. Hi, I'm Deanna Pizzitz. I'm creator of Well and Worthy Life, which started off as a blog, and now I'm a health coach. I am a mother to three grown men. I have two wonderful daughter-in-laws. I have a beautiful granddaughter, which is the light of my world, especially after having three boys. And I am married for the third time and the last time, (laughs) the absolute last time. (laughs) So I'm 58 years old. And it's really hard to tell you exactly when I hit menopause because I had an IUDN for many years, and my doctor finally took it out once he tested my hormone levels. And once he took it out, I had no period and no cycle, so I was in menopause. They took it out probably around age 54, but I certainly started having symptoms, I believe, around age 40 uh, with hormone fluctuations. Now looking back, you know, at age 58, looking back to age 40, I can see it now. I can connect the dots. But back then I couldn't. I started not being able to sleep well, and I felt like that, that was just my life circumstances. Now looking back, I realized that it probably, I was low in progesterone. I had no idea. I didn't even think to question or ask. Um, It wasn't really until I was 51 years old that the belly fat started showing up. And that's when I was like, wait, what is going on? So what made me realize about the belly fat, there really had been no change in everything. At the time, I owned a bar studio. I was teaching bar classes. I was doing bar. I hadn't changed my eating. I, I... ate pretty much what I wanted. I watched 
to a degree, but I hadn't really changed anything. And I noticed the belly fat. It's funny because my weight had always been more in my legs and hips. And then it transitioned to that belly fat. I had slept so good before everything. But to be honest with you, I was going through a nasty divorce at age 40. So all of a sudden, I could not sleep. So I went to my doctor and I was I knew I needed to sleep just for rest, right? So I was given a prescription and honestly, I I didn't I thought I was sleeping well with this prescription. However, I think I monitored it with like um, maybe a Fitbit or maybe some kind of monitoring device. And I realized I wasn't even getting the REM sleep that I thought or the deep sleep that I thought I was getting. But again, I never connected the dots. Now looking back, I really believe it was a hormonal thing. So when I couldn't sleep, this bad divorce I was going through was bad enough, right? And then to not be able to sleep, I had teenage boys at the time trying to raise them, trying to focus on what was going on in my divorce. I mean, I was in, had meetings with attorneys, depositions. I had a full-blown trial. I had to be coherent. And when you don't have that sleep, you end up with brain fog and everything else, which obviously is a sign of perimenopause as well. So, so many things were affected by my lack of sleep that, yeah, caused me a a lot of problems. I couldn't make good choices on what I was eating, how I was nourishing my body. I've always been a fanatic about exercise. So I just exercised no matter what. So then knowing what I know now, that probably was another bad thing because I was increasing my stress so much with probably, well, not probably, I know I was over exercising to compensate for everything else. Perimenopause is so often a retrospective diagnosis. While you are experiencing the symptoms, you really don't know what to make of them. But years later, you can put the puzzle together and say, oh, yes, that must have been the beginnings of perimenopause. Deanna really had a lot going on in her 40s. It's no wonder she wasn't feeling very attuned to her body. I see her experience reflected so often in my practice. It really is unfortunate that perimenopause, that's the lead up to the moment where a woman has gone 12 months without a period, is so often happening alongside big life events. That might be parental health diminishing, kids needing support through the teen or college years, a demanding career, or like Deanna, the end of a long-term relationship or marriage. Stress can have a profound effect on our well-being. It can impact sleep, contribute to slow recovery from illness and workouts, disrupt digestion and weight management, cloud our thinking, and strain relationships. Combine that with the brain fog and sleep disruption that are classic symptoms of perimenopause, and you're looking at a pretty unpleasant day-to-day experience. Stress has become so normalized in society that it can feel like a big challenge to press pause and really consider whether all of this is manageable. 
If this feels familiar to you, the first thing I want to recommend is please do make an appointment with a healthcare professional. You can tackle these issues one step at a time, and I very often begin with sleep because once that's improved, you are more capable to cope with everything else. Mindfulness practices such as meditation and journaling can also be very productive. And this can be a good time to reconfigure your workouts. Gentle exercise like walking or yoga, especially in the evening, could help you clear your mind and set you up for a good night's sleep. Vigorous aerobic exercise is great too, but keep that for early on in the day. Finally, I'd like to say a quick word about contraception and perimenopause. If you're sexually active with a man, it's important. Women can still become pregnant in perimenopause, so if that's not something you're ready for, take contraception seriously. So let's get back to Deanna and how she began to implement positive changes in her life. So my father died at age 59 of cancer, and my mother got sick at age 60. She was in the hospital on her 60th birthday of cancer. She lived 15 more years to 75. During that time, I had a bar studio and loved life. But at 75, my mother passed away, and that was right in the middle of me owning my bar studio. So she had remarried my stepfather, who at the time, we didn't know it, but later on after she passed away, we found out he had Lewy body dementia. So I sold my bar studio and was just going to take care of my stepfather who had Lewy body dementia. I was remarried, just going to enjoy life, right? But as life has it, we can't do that all the time. I decided to start sharing my journey my health and wellness journey, because at that time I was 51 years old. So I thought to myself, I may only have nine more good years. 60 was kind of my benchmark. And then as I started sharing my journey on Well and Worthy Life as just a blog, I started getting so many questions. And I had written a blog post on losing weight. And so then I really started getting questions. And I didn't feel like I was qualified to coach somebody, but I knew I, I could help people. I knew I could. So I got certified with IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and became a health coach. And as I started coaching, I noticed the women that were coming to me were over 40, and they were struggling with all the same things that I had. Again, it goes back to connecting the dots, and we have to do things in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond that we did differently in our 20s and 30s. And I think that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, I really realized that people were not using these terms, perimenopause and menopause, which we need to use these terms. It's not a bad word because we need to start connecting those dots a lot earlier. Because if I had known then what I know now, it could have made a huge difference in my journey, a huge difference. And so I'm hopeful that I can make a huge difference in other people's journey. (music) 
Oh, one of the things that bothers me the most is how my libido has been totally off. You know, I, I've tried so many different things, but I think it is because I do see myself as a different differently than I did when I was young and I don't know, just kind of even when I was single, I felt more desirable. And and now as I've become married again, we're in our ninth year of marriage. I have a granddaughter. So now I'm a grandmother too. And that kind of makes me sound old. I don't really feel old, but it just, I think it's just, I don't feel as desirable. I even said to my husband the other day, it's so funny to me because I felt like I still have a little belly. And I'm like, your belly doesn't bother you at all, does it? And it does to me. It makes me feel a little bit more unattractive. And so I don't want to just traipse around with my clothes off. So I don't feel as desirable. And it has affected our relationship because, I mean, let's face it, I, I do believe that um, sex in our marriages are so important. It helps keep us young and vibrant, and I want that. And so it is about focusing too on my mindset and changing this perception of myself and talking to myself, you know, almost these affirmations like, you are desirable. And, you know, it, it helps when he tells me I'm beautiful and, you know, just trying to have a communication with him and explain to him. I'll be honest, my husband doesn't really get it still. And, you know, he's 66. You know, our therapist said the other day, he's never been with a menopausal woman. So trying to educate him, it's, it is hard. And it's not his nature to sit there and, and try to understand my feelings and, and things like that. That's just not his nature. Um, I think some women do have husbands like that, and that's great. But my husband isn't like that. So that, to me, has been very, very difficult. I remember thinking at one point I could go the rest of my life and never have sex again, which is so totally different from the person. I've always considered myself a very sexual being. And I thought, how sad? How sad is that? So, I mean, I really do work on that, just like I work on my sleep. I work on my mindset around it. I work on my desire. And I think it is becoming playful. I think being playful, and that's hard for me. I don't know why that's so hard, but it is hard for me. The other day, I'm going to tell the story. Y'all can edit this out or not. Um, we have a pool. So my husband and I were sitting by the pool. So I was saying, hey, take some pictures of me. I was in my bathing suit, and I, I want to show people what the real deal looks like. I mean, you know, I'm fairly thin and everything, but I have, you know, I don't have a perfect body. So I was asking my husband to take some pictures, pictures, and he was like, well, take off your top. Take off. I'm like, I'm not taking off my top. Stop. Leave me alone. Finally, I just got, I mean, there's nobody in our backyard. It's just the two of us. I'm like, okay, I'll take off my top. So finally, I'm like out here. Well, I have to tell you that playfulness really transpired. And then we ended up in the bedroom and it was wonderful. And I felt so much more desirable. So I know it's a lot in my head. 
but it's hard to get there. Um, It really is hard to get there. So I really wanted to add more intimacy into our relationship. So I had read about the six-second kiss. Now, I'll be honest with you, we haven't done really well with it. But when we do, I think that is so important. Just that connection is so important because it isn't just about the sex. It is about that intimacy. And I'm still trying to teach my husband what sexual touch looks like. He knows what that looks like. But what non-sexual touch is. Just with him putting his hand on my shoulder, just with him rubbing my head, just being, just, you know, not coming at me because that pushes me away and brings out way more of my serious side. Maybe it's that mother, that grandmother, and I was a single mother for many years too, so maybe that's part of it myself, you know, that serious side of me. I have so much respect for Deanna for sharing that experience with us because it can be hard to really be open and honest about sex and intimacy. Deanna's insight about the importance of attitude is very wise. As midlife women with a lot on our plates, it's all too easy to forget about the role of foreplay, flirtation, and non-sexual intimacy in a fulfilling sex life. Just as our bodies and self-image can change at midlife, so can sexual response. There are real physiological changes going on here. Maybe it's vaginal dryness and discomfort, or perhaps previous routes to orgasm don't work as they did before. And if your partner is also in midlife, they too might be experiencing something new. You don't need to tackle this alone. You may need the support of a professional, a sex-positive couples therapist, or some straightforward medical advice. But whether you're single, dating, or in a long-term relationship, you are entitled to sexual satisfaction, no matter what age and stage you're at. For some of you, these topics might be difficult to bring up, but the right professional should provide a safe and judgment-free place to talk these things through. I had an in-depth conversation about sex at midlife with Dr. Lori Mintz in our Season 3 bonus episode. She has a host of practical tips, and it's a great episode to listen to with your partner. It could be the gateway to some enlightening conversations. This is Menopause Unmuted, where we talk about real women's menopause stories. I'm your host, Mary Jane Minkin, and if you'd like to listen to other women's stories about their menopause experiences, visit menopauseunmuted.com. That's also where you can get more information about menopause, and you can also talk to your healthcare provider. Let's get back to Deanna's story. Yeah, so my mother and I really never discussed menopause or perimenopause for that matter. She had a hysterectomy around age 54, I guess, about the same time I guess I went through menopause. We never talked about it. The only thing she would tell me is she would just say, my mother was a beautiful woman, a beautiful woman until the day she died. However, when she started, well, really after 60, she started 
you know, aging. And the cancer didn't help her aging and wrinkles. And she would tell me all the time, just you wait, just you wait. She had gotten lots of attention when she was younger about how beautiful she was. And she's like, just you wait, you'll see, you're not going to get the attention. And I remember thinking at that time, I don't want that. I don't, that's not what I desire. In fact, I I was almost a rebellion against her because my mother was one that always dressed to the T, always had her makeup on, and I would not wear makeup and I would not be dressed to the T, and it would bother her so much. But I thought to myself at that point when she would say things like that, I'd be like, I want to just grow old gracefully. I know that's a term that people use, but but I want to be this cute grandmother, this cute grandmother that's vibrant and has energy. And But I look like a grandmother. I mean, I look older. I mean, it's not going to be something that I don't need the attention from men or from other people. And I feel like at 58, I am on that trajectory that I I have wrinkles. My body's not perfect. I'm that fun grandmother that goes to the park and slides down the slide, and we have fun together and have energy, and I hope to continue to be that fun, vibrant, and also I want to be that sexual sexual older woman also. (laughs) What a positive note to end on. I feel energized just listening to Deanna's story, and I hope you do too. The journey through menopause and midlife might not always be smooth sailing, but with the right support, good communication, and positive lifestyle choices, this can be a fulfilling chapter of life. I want to thank Deanna for sharing her experiences with us today. I'm Mary Jane Minkin, and thanks for listening. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please share it and help to spread the word. And you can check out our show notes at menopauseunmuted.com. In our next episode, we'll be listening to Ceteria's story. When you've experienced uterine fibroids, you're waiting with bated breath for menopause to occur so that the hemorrhaging stops and the pain stops and you're hopefully not looking at yet another fibroid surgery. Before I go, I'd just like to say, don't suffer in silence. Don't worry about speaking up about your menopause. Women should be able to discuss menopause with their healthcare providers. A woman can speak out about menopause with her OBGYN, primary care provider, nurse practitioner, or midwife. There are even designated menopause practitioners that a woman can visit if she needs more information. Special thanks to the Women's Health Team Advisor and to Studio Health for producing this series. Talk soon. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace discussions with a healthcare provider. Please speak with your healthcare provider regarding any health questions. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the individuals recorded and not necessarily opinions endorsed by Pfizer. The women in this podcast are participating voluntarily and have not been compensated for their appearance. The host has been compensated by Pfizer. This podcast is only intended for residents of the United States. This podcast is powered by Pfizer.